Dun, 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 dun. Are you ready for the end of the world? Sure. <laughs> Why not? Listen to you. Your community spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again. The circle of friends, the circle of family, the circle of being. Wake up! Did that wake you up? Uh, Gave me a splitting headache. A little bit. Wake up and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. This is Ord Energy Mon. And this is Tree Song. And I want to thank everybody who pledged for our show. For yes. the first time ever, we're on the top ten. We're number nine as far as money pledged. Yes. <laughs> this has never happened to our show before. Nope, I don't think it has. No. Either. However, it only works if you actually send in the money. Yeah. <laughs> so if you haven't sent in your money, <laughs> you have not supported this radio station. Yes. So. so thank you to everyone who has pledged, and especially thank you to those who have sent their pledges or are sending in their pledges, because it makes this radio show... And this radio station happened. Yeah, that's it's very true. Stuff. Um, is there happenings happening around? Uh, no, everyone's just taking a nap. You know, it's <laughs> it's nice outside. I got it, sunshine. <laughs> it is nice outside. I got up real early this morning, um, the crack of dawn. I don't know what time that was, but as the light was coming up, probably around five thirty, and I drove to Marion and picked up a couple solar modules for a job I'm doing in Macanda. And as I was driving back, there's a purpose to my story. Uh -huh. There was a billboard in red, white, and blue, and it said, 10 out of 10 terrorists say anybody but McCain. Uh -huh. <laughs> I was just like... It made me laugh, and then I was like, wait a second. And then I was like, wait a second. That means terrorists don't want McCain to be in. Uh -huh. It was a really... It, it was a thinker. Yeah. <laughs> but it was funny. So I thought I'd mention that. That was a happening this morning. Hmm. If you would like happenings to, well, happen, please email them to us, the happening guys. My email is info at yourcommunityspirit.org. And my email is treesong at treesong.org. And do you happen to have the film Friday? Um, I don't have it queued up, but I do yeah. have it here somewhere in email. Okay, I'll I'll announce the couple happenings I have. Um, did you know that October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month? You can take back the month. Um, let's see, what is today's date? It's today the tenth, right? The 10th, yes. So today, at the Marion Square, from nine to three. The Clothesline Project will be set up again at the Marion Square. Now, the Clothesline Project displays shirts designed by survivors of violence and in memory of a woman whose life was taken by the act of violence. The shirts hang side by side to break the silence and bear witness to violence against women. Individuals from throughout southern Illinois made the shirts you will see. Um, today at the Marion Square from... 9 to 3. The Benton Square will have it October 15th from 9 till 3. John A. Logan Com College will have it October 17th from 9 a.m. till 3. And the Fainer Breezeway at the <coughs> um, Southern Illinois University October 23rd from 9 a.m. till 3. 
Also, October is Energy Awareness Month. Yes, October is a busy month. Yeah. <laughs> and if you... I would like to know if anybody knows a website where you can find out, you know, like a day. You know, there's days designated like Secretary's Day or Boss's Day or, I don't know, Give a Chocolate to Or Day. <laughs> there's a website somewhere that has these days and months. If you know of what it is, please email it to me at info at yourcommunityspirit.org because I want to know. I want to wake up every day and see what that day is designated as. Yeah. Besides being a live day. <laughs> every day is being a live day. Hopefully. Well, hopefully, yeah. <laughs> On a good day. <laughs> so, October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month and Energy Awareness Month. And as part of Energy Awareness Month, what you should do is go through your house and catalog, categorize anything that uses energy basically do an inventory and as you're going through unplug those things and then go out and see if your meter is still turning and then track down the things that are still using power until you have an inventory of everything in your house that's using power now look through your inventory sheet and see is there anything that shouldn't have been plugged in or is wasting power of course don't unplug your refrigerator while you're doing this mm -hmm until the very end. You can unplug your refrigerator for a couple hours. Yeah. Um, it's not As long as you don't open it, it won't affect it. But basically you're trying to figure out, well, how many light bulbs you have in your house. This is an energy inventory. And I recommend people to do it every October. Well, because it's Energy Awareness Month. So. Yeah. Other happenings? Other happenings. We have the uh, film we mentioned. Uh, over at the Big Muddy IMC, they have big issues on the big screen at the Big Muddy IMC. And uh, this this week, they're showing Taxi to the Dark Side. Winner of the Oscar, uh, the Oscar for Documentary Feature, Taxi to the Dark Side is a gripping investigation into the reckless abuse of power by the Bush administration. A documentary murder mystery that examines the death of an Afghan taxi driver at Bagram Air Base. The film exposes a worldwide policy of detention and interrogation that condones torture and the abrogation of human rights. <coughs> so that, <coughs> excuse me. So that's uh, tonight at 7 p.m. at the Big Muddy IMC, which is located at 214 North Washington, here in Carbondale. Now I heard the IMC is going to start Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah, I heard about that. I don't know if they've started that yet or not but it's supposed to start tomorrow according to my calendar okay um from let's <coughs> see i think it's from one until i mean uh 10 until 1 30 hmm. i mean i was remembering three and a half hours of cartoons i was like whoa that's a lot of cartoons oh, but yeah. then i was like well, most people wake up and watch four or five hours of cartoons, yeah, you know, yeah. as a kid growing up. Yeah, when I was a little kid, that's what I did. Yeah, yeah so um, every Saturday, Saturday morning cartoons starting at 10 a.m. Yeah. At the IMC. So. And I heard, aren't they specifically going to show cartoons that actually did air on Saturdays? You know, like I heard that that was going to be one of the things they would stick to. Like, you know, there are other cartoons that have been made that showed like, you know, prime time or things like that. I don't know. Cartoons have to have a theme. 
Uh, not necessarily. <laughs> so, and they'll be on a big screen, too. Yeah, big screen. Yeah, this isn't going to be like on what, a TV. Like, the screen is what, like 12 foot by 12 foot? Yeah. Something like that? It's pretty big. Well, it's not square, so it's probably like, you know, uh, 10 foot by 12 foot or that sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> or 8 by 16 or... No, I'm just kidding. Um, today is, this evening, there will be art around the square. What art around the square is, a lot of the businesses around the town square will be having art. Different businesses are doing art openings, and you will have the chance to go to these different businesses and see the art. They used to do this, like, First Fridays, First Friday art, um, art openings, but... Um, this is a chance to see a lot of really good art, and that's the best part of Southern Illinois is the music and the art. There's a lot of artistic inclinations. Mm-hmm. Well, it's hard to argue over what the best part of Southern Illinois is, but one of the best parts <laughs> is the art. Well, I mean, you get inspired by the nature. Yeah. <laughs> um, tomorrow, Saturday, Habitat for Humanity are looking for volunteers. They will be working Saturday from 8 until noon. They will have the outside of the front and back doors to paint. They will need to paint the stairs and maybe some touch-up. They will also need to install the base molding in the bathrooms and the trim around the front door and do some general cleaning. They should have a busy day on Saturday. First of all, it will be nice and it will be fun. And <coughs> painting, painting is always fun because you have the chance to wear old clothes and splatter paint on each other. Did I say that? Yeah, that's fun. It can be. And then the farmer's market, also from 8 until noon on Saturday. Other happenings? Uh, Yes, we've got, uh, (coughs) we mentioned this last week, the uh, GLBT History Month. Um, And there's so many events going on for that that we can't uh, mention them all on a half-hour show. But um, one or two coming up. The uh, Today... On the SIU campus, they're having shirts and Sharpies. All over campus throughout the day, GLBTQ people and allies will be wearing uh, plain white T-shirts that say, I'm out, or ally. <laughs> and then you can walk up to each other and, like, write with Sharpies on each other's uh, shirts to express, you know, communicate about the issue. Then, uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, and they're going to be involved in the homecoming parade. Um, they're having a candlelight vigil on Wednesday at 7 p.m. Uh, for those who have suffered loss due to violence stemming from uh, this issue. Um, for a listing of all... Oh, I want to mention this one because uh, I really like this film. Uh, it's Monday... That's not this coming Monday, but the following Monday at 6 p.m. The film But I'm a Cheerleader is showing in the Missouri Room on the second floor of the Student Center. And we'll try to mention it again next week, but, you know, sometimes we forget, and sometimes you want to have a week's notice. Yeah. So. Yeah, because I know I need, I need, you know, to plan something on a Monday, I need a week's notice, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. So for a list of uh, these happenings and many more, you can either contact Student Development at 618-453-5714, or you can look them up online at www.stddev. Dot SIU dot edu. And that's short for student development. Yeah. There's a lot of happenings. Make yeah. sure you send your happenings to us because we like, hap- well, we like knowing about them because we like to go to them. Yes. <laughs> and that's what I like about this town is 
I keep saying all the best things about this town. Yeah, <laughs> there's so many best things. Yeah, that I, what's inspired me is I got an e email from a friend of mine who moved from here to Paris and had only been here for like two semesters. She was from France. She came here, went back, and she sent me this big, long email of all the stuff she misses from Carbondale. Oh, and she's living in Paris. Yeah. <laughs> One of them is American pizza. I was ah. like, explain the difference. She's like, I don't know. It's American. <laughs> so, all right, let's get into some news. The top story of the week for me is making make hay while the solar subsidy shines. Congress and Bush administration okay extensions of renewable energy tax credits. I think that's kind of a misnomer because they didn't okay it. They kind of added it to a bill. <laughs> well, we'll throw that on there. Yeah, it's like they tried to pass it nine times, and anyway, the, the tenth time. Congress last week passed long-awaited extension to tax credits for solar, wind, geothermal, and other forms of clean energy. They were attached to the financial bailout package that President Bush signed on last Friday evening. Renewable energy companies let out a big sign of relief, happy that months of delays and petty squabbles over the tax credits were over. The legislation also provides incentives for the development of oil shale, tar, sands, and coal to liquid fuels, which environmentalists are less happy about. But overall, renewable advocates and enviros are delighted that Congress finally got the tax credit extensions through just before adjourning for election season. As for how happy they are about the bailout package in general, well, that's another story. <laughs> yeah. Are, are you happy that you owe $2,500 to, well, either China or the Middle East? Because, you know, the U.S. government had to borrow that money from somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> And it's every individual in America now owes $2,500 to something. Yeah. That's okay. I don't have any use for $2,500. <laughs> it's and like... And we, we as a nation couldn't have spent uh, $700 billion on anything better. <laughs> well, probably not. <laughs> I mean, I already owe $33,000 to China as an individual in America, so let's just add another, you know, a couple thousand. Yeah. What, what the hey? Well, it's a few billion among friends. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> well, yeah, and... Uh, in other uh, cheery news, <laughs> another time, another displace. Environmental problems to displace millions, experts say. And in case you can't tell, I was being sarcastic about that whole cheery news bit. By 2050, some 200 million people will be displaced by environmental problems, including climate change, experts warned at this week's Environment, Forced Migration, and Social Vulnerability Conference. I'll talk about a, a bummer of a conference, but <laughs> it's good that they're talking about it because it's such a dire issue. So the Environment, Forced Migration, and Social Vulnerability Conference in Germany. Quote, All indicators show that we are dealing with a major emerging global problem, said Janos Bogardi of the Institute on the Environment and Human Security. Quote, The issue of migration represents the most profound expression of the interlinkage between the environment and human security. D demographers predict that in most environmental migrants will differ from typical economic migrants who are usually young men able to work and send money home. Instead, environmental migrants are likely to be much poorer people and whole families, including women, children, and elderly folks. Tracking the movements of environmental migrants can also be more difficult since they won't always be forced to cross international borders. 
quote, environmental problems may not force anyone to cross an international border, but no one can deny the terrible similarities between those running from the threat of guns and those fleeing creeping desertification, water shortages, floods, or hurricanes, says Conrad Osterwald of the United Nations. Straight to the source, Reuters and United Nations University. Yeah, that reminds me of uh, Katrina, because, you know, a lot of people were displaced by Katrina, but they didn't have to go to another country. They had to go, well, I, some of them probably went to other countries, but, you know, a lot of them just went to other parts of the U.S. Well, for some people, actually, leaving their state is like going to another country. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember the first time I left. Uh, well, I had been to, like, to Michigan briefly, like, as a kid, and to one other place briefly. But the first time I, as an adult, like, left far away from Illinois, it was like going to another country. Yeah, it was just like... <coughs> Go for the boobies. Stay? No, don't stay. Overrun by humans, Guadalupe's islands crack down. The Guadalupe... Is it Guadalupe's? No, it's uh, Galapagos. I, can, I knew I was pronouncing it right. <laughs> the Galapagos islands are totally hot right now. That's to tourists. The island chain, 600 miles off the coast of Ecuador, offers stunning biodiversity. Blue-footed boobies, that is, that infamously inspired Charles Darwin's to write The Origin of Species. To residents, the tourist-driven economy offers high wages, top-notch public schools, and a dearth of violent crime. But as more and more humans show up, the resident population has nearly doubled in the p past decade to 30,000, while 180,000 tourists are expected to visit this year. They bring with them alien species and increased pollution. In response to a 2007 United Nations listing, I'm going to pronounce it wrong again, hmm. Galapagos? Yeah, Galapagos. <laughs> See, I'm, the Galapagos Islands as a World Heritage Site in Danger. A World Heritage Site in Danger. I didn't even know there was a listing like hmm. that. I knew they had it for animals, Yeah, <laughs> but they have it for places, too. That's, That's pretty familiar. cool. I think I've heard of it. I haven't heard much about it. The government has taken some steps to regulate ter terrorism. <laughs> Tourism. <laughs> well, in this case, it is kind of like terrorism. But it has resisted a hard cap on visitors. It is, however, cracking down on citizens. This year, a 1,000 folks without residency and work permits have been kicked off the islands, while 2,000 others have, in effect, been told they must leave within a year. Sources, Los Angeles Times and ABC News. Mm -hmm. Yes. So let's see. In other news, uh, let's go with this one. Constructive criticalism. Criticalism. <laughs> Not constructive criticism. Criticalism. Feds will designate critical habitat for polar bears. The U.S. government will designate critical habitat for polar bears off Alaska's coast as part of a partial settlement of a lawsuit brought by Greenpeace, the National Resources Defense Council, and the Center for Biological Diversity. The Interior Department declared polar bears a threatened species in May, but neglected to make any stipulations for habitat protection. Quote, you can't protect a species without protecting the place where it lives, says CBD's Cassie Siegel, adding, quote, after global warming, oil development is the biggest threat to polar bears. Federal law prohibits action that, quote, 
destroys or adversely mod or adversely modify designated critical habitat, which would seem to include offshore at oil and gas drilling. Though with GOP vice president candidate uh, Sarah Palin touting quote safe environmentally friendly drilling offshore, <laughs> one can never be certain. After a rural proposal, public comment period, and public hearings, the finalized critical habitat designation must be in place by June 30th, 2010, and the one remaining polar bear by then will no doubt appreciate it. <laughs> Straight to the source, Associated Press, Reuters, the Center for Biological Diversity, and McClatchy. <laughs> so protecting <laughs> the polar bears, hopefully, at least one of them. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder if Coke gives any royalty to the polar bears. I don't know, like because of their polar bear animation. Yeah, they have the polar bear ads. Yeah, those Used are made by an SIU student. Have you heard that? No. Yeah, That's like an SIU graduate, I guess. Huh. <laughs> well, you think they would have like a portion of their sales go uh-huh. to it, but I don't think they do. No, I don't think they do either. They probably drop a few Coke bottles in the wild, and they're like, here you go. It's like, like, hopefully they leave them full for them. Yeah, leave it full. Here you go, bears. Come on, drink it, please. Yeah, well, they want them to drink it so they can film a one in the wild doing it. So it doesn't have to be animated. (laughs) So, yeah. A drop in the star bucket. Starbuck accused of big-time water-wasting. Starbuck wastes some 6.2 million gallons of water each day through a health policy that requires a constantly running tap in each store. Did you catch that? Yeah. They leave a sink on, constantly running. That's their policy. Yeah, that's crazy. A Starbucks spokesperson confirms the use of a dipper well which uses a, quote, stream of continuous cold, fresh-running water to rinse away food residue, help keep utensils clean, and prevent bacterial growth. Dipper wells are common at ice cream and ice cream, at coffee and ice cream shops, but the gigantuousness of Starbucks global operation is such that, according to the Sun tabloid, British tabloid The Sun, the amount of wasted water could... Cite the thirst of, quote, an entire two million strong population of drought hit Nambia or fill an Olympic pool every 83 minutes. Starbucks says it is looking into alternatives, which water efficiency experts say do exist. Quote, leaving taps running all day is a shocking waste of precious water, says Peter Robinson (coughs) of UK Green Group Waste Watch. And to claim you are doing it for health and safety reasons is bonkers. Damn, Star Bonkers would have been a better title for this for this article mm-hmm. instead of Star Bucket. Straight to the source: The Sun, BBC News, ABC News, and Business Green Journal. Yeah, there's <laughs> just, yeah, there's just no reason for them to do that. You know, I know having running water in a store, you know, is important for sanitation reasons but you don't have to leave it on i don't understand why it would be on constantly <laughs> running i guess maybe it's like a labor saving thing so that's always there and then you just reach reach there and dunk something over it well you just need a motion sensor then <coughs> they have a motion sensor <clears throat> i mean you just put it under there and it comes on and then you take it out i mean it there's no labor involved there at all yeah well, they'll probably do something like that now that someone caught them being idiots. Yeah, wasting six million gallons a day? Yeah. That's kind of idiotic. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I mean, water is one of the most precious things on Earth. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I you mean... You can go longer without food than you can without water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, yesterday was... Um, what do you call it? Yom Kippur. Mm-hmm. And so for uh, devote Jews, for 24 hours, they don't do anything but pray. I mean, it's the day of... It's the day of atonement for everything. I mean... Even if you haven't done anything bad, which is, I think, next to impossible, <laughs> yeah. you're still supposed to pray for all the things that have gone bad. Yeah. I mean, actually, one of the prayers is, you know, I have murdered, I have blasphemed, I have, you know, you go down this list of stuff, even though you might not have actually done that, someone has. Mm-hmm. And so it's a group, you know, a group atonement. Yeah. And so devout Jews spend 24 hours... Just praying and no drinking, no eating, no anything but praying. So, um, I, w- I would imagine at the end of the 24 hours, you know, no sleep, you would be a slightly hallucinogenic. <laughs> Probably a little bit. Yeah, I mean, but at the same time, you would definitely be closer to God. I mean, and your fellow man, I mean, definitely yeah. ha- have atoned for something. But, I mean, in this day and age, I think we need to do it about once a month. <laughs> yeah. Right? Once all, a year. With all that's going on, you know. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, it's just getting, yeah. The more destruction going on, the more you got to work on stuff like that. <laughs> so, well, this has been an exciting, for me, yes. informative, not really, I don't know. <laughs> if you didn't know all this stuff, um, then it was probably informative. Yeah, and the happenings have been informed. Oh, yeah, that's the happenings. Mm-hmm. I didn't know about some of this stuff, and I, like, put the show together. <laughs> <laughs> I don't tend to read it. So if you would like happenings or just um, send us a critical email, info at yourcommunityspirit.org. And my email is treesong at treesong.org. We'll see you again next week on the radio. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> see you on the radio. It is nice and cool. It is sunny. It is the perfect, perfect weather to go. I was going to say go swimming. <laughs> go into the woods. Yeah. <laughs>